Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Montrose Church, how are you? Hello. Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And Dave is not here. He's in San Francisco. Um, So we're going to be praying for him. But I'm here, and um, I'm excited. We're going to continue our series. It's called Unblocked. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the Gospel of John. Am I echoing a little bit? Okay. We'll be all right. Um, So, Holy Spirit, Gospel of John. In church, we talk a lot about Jesus and God. And we do talk about the Holy Spirit, but a little less, right? Because it's a little more mysterious, I would say. So we're going to be diving in and continue that. Um, I want to point you to Pastor Dave kicked off this series with a little illustration that I think is extremely helpful. I'm going to remind you of it. It was two weeks ago. He talked about the movie Lucy. And Lucy is kind of a known movie. It's not super known, but, but Morgan Freeman... You know Morgan Freeman, he's the majestic voice actor, he narrates, and sometimes he plays God in movies, and yeah. So in this movie, Lucy, he's standing in an auditorium with a ton of students, and he says to them, "Um, humans only use 10% of their brains, but what if we could access all 100%, dun, 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 and then the movie starts out, right? Um, But Pastor Dave kind of spun that a little bit, and he said this, and I thought it was super helpful. And and a a good place to start this morning. He said this, I wonder what percentage of our spiritual capacity we engage. I wonder what percentage of our spiritual capacity we use. And when he said that two weeks ago, somebody in the congregation here goes, ouch, ouch. And I felt that same way. I was kind of convicted. I'm like, man, that's true. How much of our spiritual capacity do we really engage with? Is it 10%? Is it 50%? I know it's not 100%, at least not for me. But what if we could bump that up? What if we could lean into the Holy Spirit and all that it means for us as Jesus' followers? So is the Holy Spirit blocked in our lives? Do we shut out the Holy Spirit? Maybe we don't know how to access the Holy Spirit at times. Or maybe the Spirit is like when you get in the radio and there's that song playing and you're like, I don't really like that song, turn it down right? Maybe the Holy Spirit's turned down in our lives. So here's what we're trying to do in this series. We're trying to turn the Holy Spirit up. We're trying to bump that percentage up. We're trying to engage and lean into what the Holy Spirit has for us this morning and what God has for us. So the title of this morning's message is Unblocked Comfort. Unblocked Comfort. Our text is John 14, 15 through 21. Um, If you have the the Bible app on your phone, or if you have a Bible, you can flip there, or it's going to be on the screens. John 14, 15 through 21, here it is. This is Jesus talking. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it, excuse me, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but, the, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. 
Whoever has my commands and keep them is one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, You will not be orphans. I won't leave you alone or abandoned. The paraclete will come. And, and, and Pastor Dave talked a little bit about the paraclete last week. It's the Greek word that means comforter, advocate, the one called alongside. So the paraclete will be with you. And this is comforting for a group of people who have left everything to follow Jesus. They've left their family. They've left their jobs. And so when Jesus says, you will not be orphans, it carries weight. Um, in John 6, 68, there's this kind of interesting text where Jesus is teaching what Scripture says is a difficult message. He's speaking to the disciples in a big crowd, and he's talking about life and death and eating flesh, and it's kind of a little bit confusing, and we kind of understand it now to be the cross and some of that stuff that's going on. But Scripture tells us the message was difficult, and when he gets done uh, preaching, a bunch of people leave. They take off. And so there's this moment in John 6, 68, where Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he says, hey, are you guys going to leave too? Are you going to leave? And the response, you can imagine the disciples kind of look around and go, Jesus, where would we go? Where would we go? Because they've left so much to follow the rabbi Jesus. So this promise, I will not leave you as orphans, is comforting. And they don't understand all what it means yet, but they will because we know the story. Jesus does leave. He dies. He dies on the cross, and you can imagine how the disciples felt. The person they traveled with for three years, shared meals with, they'd seen his incredible compassion and teaching and perform miracles, and all of a sudden, this man is dead. And he had foretold it, but they still didn't quite understand it, right? So you can imagine the abandonment and brokenness they felt. But we know how the story goes. We celebrate it every Easter. Jesus is raised from the dead. And not only does the resurrection happen, but he also meets with them after he's raised to comfort them then. But continuing with the story, we know how this, they, he, Jesus leaves them again. So there's this ebb and flow of being in the midst of Jesus and then he's gone and oh, what is going on here? So we finally get to Acts 2. And they're waiting for the comforter to arrive, the comforter who was promised in John 14, the advocate. And the rushing wind fills the space in Acts 2 where the disciples were gathered and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and their lives are changed forever. Um, the first point for this morning is new comfort. So when we're talking about the Spirit, unblocking the Spirit, what does the Spirit do in our lives? First point is new comfort. I think the Holy Spirit gives us comfort. That word paraclete, that's even what that word means. It means comforter. I will not leave you as orphans. Verse 18. And orphans always, when we hear orphans, it immediately carries weight, right? We think of abandonment and a sense of loss and the difficult situation of growing up without parents and, and guardians and this kind of crazy thing. In biblical times, it would have carried the same weight, if not more. Orphans had so little. So when Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans, it means a lot to this ragtag group of disciples. Have you ever had a moment of abandonment, church? A feeling of loss? A moment when you're scared and you're in need of some comfort? I think all of us have been there, right, in small and big ways throughout our lives. When I was growing up, my family had a horse. 
and we actually still have the horse. And um, we lived in a suburb of Denver, and it was called Thornton. And we, we kept our horse at this horse boarding facility that was about two miles away from our house. And one evening, it was actually the 4th of July, I was four years old. We were out at the horse boarding facility having a good time. My parents were probably riding the horse and doing all that stuff, and my, my sister as well. And the boys were kind of playing, you know, because we were little, having a good time. And, um, I find myself, we've been there for a little while, I find myself behind the horse boarding facility, by myself, and you know how you have traumatic things in your childhood that you can remember way better than anything else? This is one of those moments, right? I, don't, I, I think, I tell people all the time, I have kind of a bad memory, but this one, it's, uh, I remember it like yesterday. So I'm behind the horse boarding facility, I had a little stick in my hand, having a good time, little four-year-old Colt, enjoying life, and I come around the back of the facility, and I see the front, and there's like a road that leaves, and, and both my parents' cars, right, because my dad came from work, and my mom brought all of us, and so there's two cars, and I'm walking around, and both the cars are leaving. And, and I'm like, oh my, in my four-year-old brain, I knew, they're leaving me. And so I immediately start running after them, hey, hey, and they keep going and leave me. Um, and I told my parents I was going to tell the story, and, and they said, Don't, tell them we didn't mean to, though. <laughs> tell them we didn't mean to. I was like, okay, I'll tell them, I'll tell them. But they left me. And little Colt is feeling a little bit abandoned and, and, and scared, right? But my dad loves to tell this next start, part of the story is, I just start walking home. I kind of knew the way because we'd been there so much, and so I start walking home. And my parents tell it where they get to the house. It's 4th of July. They're getting ready for the meal. And the, we're going to go watch fireworks, having a good time. 10 or 15 minutes pass. And my mom says to my dad, hey, where's Colt at? And they start looking for me. And then it hits my dad. And he's like, we left him. <laughs> and so he jumps in the car, peels out. And then my perspective, right, I'm walking on the sidewalk. I've gone like almost half a mile, my dad said, which was crazy. And um, the car pulls up, my dad jumps out, he hugs me, he's crying, little four-year-old me starts crying. <laughs> this embrace, right? And this next part of the story is kind of funny. He, he takes me to the gas station and gets me like my first big soda. Because <laughs> he felt bad, you know? It was like a Mountain Dew or something. I was probably a little too little to be drinking soda, but he was like, you need to get a soda after that. <laughs> But I tell that story because I remember it like yesterday, that moment of abandonment, right? My parents left me, um, them driving away, that sense of loss. And the disciples felt this throughout different moments in their lives, right? When Jesus leaves them and then he comes back and then he leaves again, they're feeling this sense of abandonment. And, and church, we feel that in our own lives in different capacities. Um, we are scared and in need of some comfort. And if we can just look around at our world right now, hurricanes, fires, Afghanistan, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And sometimes it can feel like, God, where are you? We feel a little bit abandoned. And maybe you can even make it a little more personal for you. Maybe it's your career or your relationships or your family. There's turmoil, different stuff. But we are in need of some comfort this morning, church. We need the paraclete to rush in and bring us God's overwhelming peace. A feeling of comfort that says, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. 
So when Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, we feel that too. In the midst of our crazy world, can we find comfort in the Spirit? And the answer is yes. The disciples were waiting on the Spirit to arrive in Acts 2, but guess what? We're not waiting. The Spirit is here. And the Spirit wants to wash you with comfort this morning. Wherever you are, in little ways, in big ways, no matter what you're facing, the comfort can rush in. And so I pray that you feel that this morning. Feel the Spirit's peace around you. Point number two, new creation. New creation. Another aspect of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, is new creation. And I was doing study for this sermon, and I kept running into this. So I was like, man, i got to tell him about this. i got to. Um, the Spirit brings new creation. Wherever the Spirit shows up, new creation follows. And not only is the Holy Spirit in right, the New Testament, the Holy Spirit shows up in the Old Testament, too. I think Pastor Dave talked a little bit about this last week. And the first place the Spirit shows up is Genesis 1, 1, and 2. And a lot of you guys could quote this. I'm going to read it, though. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. The Spirit of God, right, was moving over the surface of the waters. Now, that Spirit word, it's not paraclete. Paraclete's the, one of the New Testament words for Spirit. This Spirit word is ruach. Everybody say ruach. ruach. It's my favorite Hebrew word. It means spirit, wind, or breath. And so the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, and what happens next? God begins to create. Right? We pick it up in verse 3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. And, and you know the rest of the story. He continues to create land and vegetation and animals and fish and all these things, right? So the Ruach is there in the midst New creation follows. Another place this happens is just a short time later in Gen Genesis 2-7. It says this, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. So the word breath here that God breathes into Adam is that same Ruach word. Forms Adam out of the dust and breathes Ruach into him and he becomes a living person. Wherever the Spirit goes, new creation follows. And here's the final Old Testament text that I want to point you to. It's Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The Ruach is present, making new things happen. And this is a little bit of a long text, so hang with me, but it's a powerful story, and I can't leave any of it out. <laughs> All right, here it is, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, a behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and behold, sinews were on them and flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. 
Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones, the whole house of Israel, behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. It's a cool story. There's a valley of dry bones a lifeless uh, space with broken bodies, and it's this vision that Ezekiel gets. And then what happens? The Ruach arrives. Ezekiel prophesies, and the wind of God, the Ruach, sweeps in, and these bones begin to take form and become the whole house of Israel. Wherever the Spirit goes, new creation follows. A vision of a lifeless, abandoned people that, that receive the Spirit of God, and everything is different. Now, does that sound familiar? Let's jump forward to Acts 2. The disciples are waiting for the comforter, for something new to take place, something in their hearts to stir, something new. And in John 14, right, John wrote it down. Jesus promised they would send the comforter, and they're waiting. And what happens? The comforter arrives and starts something new in their hearts. Um, so where are you, church? Do you need something new in your life this morning? A new perspective, a new vision, something fresh in big and small ways. Maybe you feel like dry bones a little bit. Maybe you feel like chaotic creation that needs the wind of God to sweep in and start something fresh. And the Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to start something new in you. He does. Something fresh. And that may look different for all of us, but the paraclete is here, bringing new creation wherever he goes. Um, point number three, new purpose. New purpose. The Holy Spirit brings comfort, new creation, and also purpose. He gives us purpose. So Acts 2, right, this is where we've been waiting for what was promised in the Gospel of John. They're waiting. They're waiting for a purpose, right? A mission. And it shows up. The purpose shows up. And they begin to preach the Gospel and use their gifts and talents for the kingdom of God. So where are we? Do we need purpose this morning? Maybe if you're honest, you're like, yeah, cool, uh, you know, I've had purpose and stuff, but life's been crazy, and I could use a little purpose this morning. I could. Or maybe I need to be reminded of my purpose, refocused on that. Um, and if you have those thoughts, I just want you to know you came to the right place this morning. The Holy Spirit is here, and, and he wants to infuse you with purpose. You've got gifts and passions for a reason, church. You have things you're good at. And God wants you to use those things for the kingdom. And he, maybe you need to be reminded of your purpose this morning. 
You are known, loved, and chosen for good things. And you, when you leave this place, church, hear me clearly here, you have a pivotal role in the kingdom to play. You do. Um, purpose. Also in Acts 2, I've got to point this out as well. What are they doing when, the spirit, when they're waiting on the Spirit? It, scripture tells us they're just waiting. They're probably praying and they're just sitting there waiting. And here's what I'm convinced of. We miss the Holy Spirit when our lives are too loud. When we're too busy. When life's moving 100 miles an hour. And, and we have things and, and obligations and all those things. But if we can't find space and time to get away, even a little bit, I think we'll miss the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples are just waiting. Spirit, fill us. Give us something new. Give us a purpose. And it arrives. So church, I want us to slow down this morning. We're in here, just like the disciples in their, in their room, we're here waiting. And the Spirit's here. And the Spirit wants to infuse you with purpose. But I want you to remember that as you go from this place. The Holy Spirit wants to work through and in you. But we miss him when our lives are too loud. The paraclete will continue to guide us, church. And I think we got some cool things in store for this church. I believe that. But we have to lean into what the Holy Spirit is doing. All right, I want to invite the, the band back up. You guys, come on up. You know I like to keep it short and sweet. <laughs> oh man David have some comments about that um, the spirit wants to give you comfort this morning church wherever you are in the midst of a crazy chaotic world the spirit is here and he wants to comfort you so I pray that you feel that Jesus peace wrap around you but not just comfort, but also maybe something new, something fresh. Maybe you came in this morning and you're like, man, I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm tired of the rhythms. I'm tired of it. I need something new. Well, the Spirit's here, and I pray he's starting something new in your heart. And purpose. The Spirit wants to give you purpose this morning and remind you of the pivotal role you play in the kingdom of God, because you do. Don't leave this place thinking you don't have a role in the kingdom. You do. You have people that you influence. You have a job. You have a family. You have all those different things. And our world is broken, and they need the church to show up. So we got to show up. We got to show up. And we need the Holy Spirit's help, and he's here wanting to help and empower us. All right, I'm going to say a prayer, and, and we're going to get out of here in the... The band's going to play one more song. Um, would you pray with me, church? Gracious God, thank you for this morning. God, would your Holy Spirit overwhelm us? Would we sit in this space and lean in to what your Spirit is doing? The comfort that is here the peace that passes all understanding that we need. We can look around at the world and be thrown off. But 
can we be reminded that the comforter is here and he is reaching out to us. And God, can your Holy Spirit wash over us and start something new, start something fresh in us, a new energy, a new confidence, a new vitality to empower your people to do amazing things. And God, we want the purpose. Help us be reminded of your purpose. Let's start with loving God and loving others the best we can, and let's go from there. Let's continue to seek your spirit for mission, focus, and direction. So God, would your spirit be here? Would it empower us as we go from this place? We love you so much, Jesus. And in your precious name we pray, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.